Okay, welcome back to the Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast, part two of the first show of 2014, as we give you some thoughts and predictions on the road to WrestleMania. We went over the Undertaker situation and the WWE title picture in part one, and now for the rest of the card. Uh, that theme you just heard, the Whites, we heard close out Raw on Monday. Uh, what did you think of that? Was it surprising to you that they uh, pulled the trigger on having Daniel Bryan say he wants to join them? I was really surprised. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan was getting the beat down. Then uh, you know Bray Wyatt got on the mic and started his shtick, and I was like, all right, so they're leading up to a you know, feud between these guys. Then all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan starts agreeing with him. Like, yep, I'll join you. You're right. You know, I'll crawl over to you. You know, I'll I'll join you guys. I was I was blown away. You know, I I thought that if he was going to join them, that it would have been something that would have already happened, and I figured it would have happened in a different way. So it yeah. kind of floored me. Yeah, I think that's that's somewhat cool that they did it this way, where it was just out of nowhere, because you know they only seem to do a couple big things per show and it felt like, you know, they had done enough already on that show. Yeah. They probably weren't going to get anything big. Uh, but they, they went full bore. Uh, I really liked some of the stuff Wyatt was saying. He's just so good. Uh, but as, as Dan and Brian was saying, he wanted to join. He was like, this is forever. This is going to change everything. Yeah. You know, yelling at him. Um, really feels like kind of a, Undertaker ministry angle reincarnated, you know, with just, uh, you know, bringing someone into his faction, you know, and he's he's got the kind of charisma where he can be as intimidating as the Undertaker. Oh yeah. So really, really neat. Uh, I'm glad they're going this way with the Wyatts in general. I know a lot of people aren't too thrilled about the fact that Daniel Bryan could potentially be pulled out of the main event for this. Uh, and it did. I did question it as I was watching. I was thinking, you know, why are they doing it now and not before? Um, but, you know, I think overall it's just one of those things where late in the year they kind of tread water, and then as we get to this road to WrestleMania, they're just they're going, they're going full nuts. Yeah, and this is something that I think could go a lot of different directions. This is, you know, as you and I talked about what we thought we would – you know, see them booking. They were, this was my favorite part of the conversation because there's any number of ways they can go with this, any number of opponents that they can in, include. Um, didn't necessarily have to be someone outside of the angle. They could have uh, they could have had Bray Wyatt be the ultimate uh, guy that he fought. Yeah. But uh, lots of possibilities. It could be a short-term angle. It could be a long-term angle. Lots of fun stuff. Um, I, I like who we ended up going with. Yeah, and that's the big question: is is this something that's going to get wrapped up within a month at Royal Rumble or something, or or does this last? You know, uh, does this run its course all the way through to WrestleMania? Um, I think kind of the magnitude of it uh, and the way that he was involved with the Authority for so long that. Yeah, there's a good chance this is going to run all the way through as well. Um, and the the way they set it up, it really it's logical, you know, of saying that they won't let him get to the top. You know, they being the authority or the machine or whatever. Uh, him turning his back on the fans that have been chanting for him for so long really adds to a lot of the the gravity of the situation. Um, and if you let that play out a little longer to the point where, you know, the fans are, are desperately trying to get him to remember who he is or something like that. It could be a really cool moment once he finally turns around, and I don't know that you could get that effect if you do it at, at a Royal Rumble. I think you gotta you got to carry it almost all the way to WrestleMania, if not all the way to it, to have that effect, don't you? Yeah, and, and one of the trends that I've, you know, started noticing over the past couple of years is that when you have an angle that could either be short or it could be long, 
that WWE isn't quick to pull the trigger. They're not quick to uh, say, okay, we're going to take this angle, we're going to let it run for a month and a half, we're going to hit its culmination, then we're going to move on. They uh, sometimes beat things, you know, beat the dead horse. Uh, sometimes they, they make things go on a little too long for my taste. Um, yeah. But that's kind of their style. So I'd be, I'd be really surprised if uh, Daniel Bryan has joined the Wyatt family and then somehow they managed to flip the script and have him turn on them anytime before WrestleMania because that just, that just doesn't seem like the way they've done things. Yeah, and so then in keeping with our goal on this show to come up with a WrestleMania card based on what we know now, uh, you know, we had to decide whether we thought this was going to be a long-term angle. As we're saying now, it looks kind of long-term. So with that being said, uh, you know, the obvious opponents are, you know, he gets away from the Wyatts just before WrestleMania and they have a match with Bray Wyatt. Um, to me, not that exciting. Uh, I think that feels like something you might end up seeing after WrestleMania, once he's finally come back to the light or whatever. Right. Uh, so that leaves you with a question of, okay, well, he's definitely going to be on the WrestleMania card. Um, is he going to be in a situation where he's with a, a, a tag match with, with one of the Wyatt family members or something? Or... Do we want to do a one-on-one? -on -one? And I think we both agreed a one-on-one -on -one makes sense. Um, Daniel Bryan doing their bidding in a, in a, in a way. Um, and so we had to come up with a strong face. And, you know, we talked a little earlier about Undertaker, that you could see Wyatt wanting to go after him. But uh, really we, we kind of tossed around some ideas. And as we said earlier with the, the title match, you know, there's a shortage of these real strong faces. And uh, the one we're leaning towards right now is Sheamus. We don't really know what he's going to be up to. Uh, and we're thinking he could play the part of of a face that the crowd's behind, um, but also isn't that lovable that they wouldn't uh, try to pull Daniel Bryan back to the, to the light or something during the match. Right. You know, I, I, th I think... Sheamus has the potential to play a pretty good face or a pretty good heel. And when he comes back from injury, which by all reports is going to be any day now, um, he's going to get a big pop. So they can easily ride that for a couple of months and uh, have him be the perfect opportunity for uh, Daniel Bryan to do something against Especially because of the history that the two have together uh, from WrestleMania 28 with the match that uh, that led to all this craziness, right? Led to all the uh, anger management and the stuff with Kane and the yeses and the noes. And yep. So, yet, you know, we have yet another uh, high-profile WrestleMania match that goes back to something that happened two or three WrestleManias ago. Yeah, and it's nearly a perfect setup because that's really the last time... Brian was a true heel. Um, you know, from there, he started growing the beard. He started getting yes chants from the crowd and just kind of gradually became a face. Uh, so he could sit there, he could cut a promo or whatever and say it all went wrong because of Seamus. You know, it's his fault. I was, I was on top, you know, and whatever. Uh, he can reference that and, and then from then on, like you were just saying, you know, the anger management and all the stuff he went through, he can basically say that the real me is the guy that was there before all this went down, and it's Seamus' fault, and, you know, he made me into a joke. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and, and then you could see Seamus with, with his dumb look on his face, like, what are you talking about, Brian? You know, yeah. And, yeah, then you can set them up. Yeah, and you, you could easily see Seamus saying, like, you know, I, I don't believe you actually think this, Daniel Bryan, and you know, and and start getting in uh, Ray Wyatt's face and saying, I don't know what you're doing to this kid, but you need to cut it out, fella. And all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan just attacks him from behind and leaves him, you know, beaten and bruised. And I don't know about you, I, I you know, I, I kind of like it when uh, Harper and Rowan 
you know, hold up an opponent and Bray Wyatt comes in and does something. Yeah. How awesome is it going to be when the Wyatt family is holding up Sheamus and Daniel Bryan runs in and does that flying knee? Just oh, yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a beautiful moment. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's also what we're thinking along the lines of what might ultimately happen with Bryan is that you could get into a situation where they want him to do something to a guy like Sheamus at WrestleMania, finish him off, and uh, he starts to have doubt in his mind for whatever reason. Maybe they've been referencing it over the week or two leading up. And uh, you get the crowd start chanting, no, no, no. And uh, maybe he finally decides against it and attacks the Wyatts to, to get out of the family. Right. I, I think it's just a perfect setup. It's the perfect opponent. It's the perfect timing. Um, they've obviously been saving Sheamus for a return um, in some capacity. I think Sheamus is lovable enough. He's not just a face. You know, Batista's going to come in. He's going to get a lot of cheers. But I wouldn't say Batista's lovable. Batista is a hardcore dude, you know, yeah. that... And Sheamus can be hardcore, but Sheamus has that aspect to him that uh, that they need for this match. Not a lot of other guys in the roster. Another guy could be Rob Van Dam, but I think, you know, Rob Van Dam at this point doesn't seem as credible in terms of a guy who could be near the top. So I think Sheamus is the perfect guy. Perfect. Yeah, spot and, and Sheamus can, Sheamus can uh, fill the void left by Brian with the kids, you know. Yeah. Because the kids were really getting into him, and if if they can't cheer for him anymore, they'll get behind Sheamus. Yeah. All right. So we like that one. Uh, hopefully somebody at Creative just listened to that and decides to go that way. Because we think that'll be pretty money. All right. Oh, yeah. So as we mentioned, going to break, you had a couple big returns. Uh, well, we saw one of them with Brock Lesnar. Uh, we're expecting to see Ric Flair on Old School Raw. Uh, and a week from then, we're going to be seeing uh, Batista. Would that be a week from then? Two weeks from then. We'll be seeing Batista come back. Uh, so both of them need to be involved in something. I've heard rumors of people expecting Batista to win the Rumble. I think we're kind of assuming he's going to be in the Rumble. Uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think he should be in the Rumble. I don't yeah, know he's what you think. Well, he's returning a week before the Rumble, so yeah. he may as well be in it. Um, plenty of guys return just for the Rumble. You know, they they return and and you know you don't know that they're back until their number is called. Um, yeah. I think it's perfect to, perfect for him to be in it. If he wins, I. Uh, I'll want to riot, but I won't. Um, <laughs> I think he'll be the 30th entrant. That's and possible. And end up being in the Final Four. And uh, I don't know who would eliminate him, but you well, know, we're thinking CM Punk wins. So I have a pretty good idea who uh, who I want him to face at WrestleMania 30, and I think that guy could be a perfect op- perfect type of guy to uh, to eliminate him from the Rumble. But would that guy be in the Rumble? That's a good question. Uh, he's not going <laughs> to be. And the guy we're talking into... about is Brock Lesnar. Yes. So we um, annoy the crap out of our listeners. Right. I think you have enough guys in the roster that Brock Lesnar doesn't have to be in it. But I think, given what Paul Heyman was saying on Raw, where they're essentially setting themselves up as the number one contender. Um, you know, the uncrowned number one contender. Um, I think that could go one of two ways. You either you either feel like you have to put him in the Rumble at that point because what, what's he going to do? Say, I'm the number one contender. No, I'm not going to fight for the, for the opportunity to fight at WrestleMania. I mean, I suppose it could go that way. Yeah. But, I mean, that would be almost going the, the dickish route of, you know, I, I'm a really good competitor, but I'm not going to compete. They could go that route. Um, they certainly could. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I I, just, I feel like you have to build up some uh, 
some animosity between Brock Lesnar and somebody since you know his his goal right now is the title and only one guy can be in the match for the title after uh, elimination chamber so yeah yeah i think it makes a lot of sense uh i mean lesnar's on a limited schedule so it's it's tough to you know he's only wrestled in uh mania extreme rules and SummerSlam since he's been back just those three pay-per-views um so you know we'd be bucking the trend although it's a pretty short trend so um, and certainly the Royal Rumble isn't exactly a, an exhausting appearance. You know, if he shows up in the last few entrants, then he probably would only have to be in the ring like five to ten minutes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I could see them both being at the end of the Rumble. If not there, I can see them both being in an elimination chamber. Uh, but either way, I like the idea of pairing these two up. We need Lesnar to have a big opponent. And you look down the list of options, I'm just not seeing a, a better one than Batista. Right, and especially because Batista left for a while, and although you likely didn't see him on any significant event, he did attempt an MMA career. He did attempt to That's get right. into that business. So you've got two guys with... Uh, Plenty of MMA experience. Well, not plenty of MMA experience, but uh, they were certainly in the business for a little while. So you've got that between them. Um, you know, I, I think I think you know their styles would mesh well enough. They're both freakishly athletic, even though Batista doesn't know a ton of moves. Uh, <laughs> they, they could brawl really well, and you know. I, I think the match overall just ends up looking good. Yeah. Um, and another thing worth mentioning is they do these uh, WWE.com videos, uh, and one of them is Triple H. Uh, every week he sits down with Michael Cole, usually on Wednesday. Uh, so I happened to watch that, and he brought up towards the end of the interview... Uh, you know, he was talking about how 2014 is going to be epic, and he he lists off uh, the top. He says, you know, it's getting crowded at the top or something like that, and he lists off only six guys. He says Randy Orton, John Cena, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, The Animal Batista, and Brock Lesnar. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, how many guys are in an elimination chamber, is it not? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I think that would be a pretty freaking strong elimination chamber, and technically, if we're assuming Batista's going to be a face, you'd have three faces and three heels if, uh, if Brian remains a heel. Yep, and uh, part of my thinking for Batista versus Lesnar at WrestleMania is that Lesnar's um, MO, the way they've booked Lesnar, seems that he comes in, he fights a guy, uh, he either wins or loses, then he's gone for a little bit. When he comes back, he fights that guy again, and he has the opposite result. He did right. that with Triple H. He did that with uh, John Cena, if I believe. John Cena um, was his first match. Um, so I could see Brock Lesnar losing to Batista at WrestleMania 30. And then I could see Brock Lesnar coming back and beating Batista. Now I think I think the winner of this Batista Lesnar match, whoever wins this, is going to get the next title shot after WrestleMania. And even if Lesnar does beat Batista, which I don't see happening because this would be, you know, two and a half months after Batista just showed back up again. Mm-hmm. But even if even if it does happen, it sets up perfectly for Lesnar versus CM Punk, and for CM Punk to get uh, his comeuppance uh, on Lesnar from uh, from Lesnar having beaten him a little while a few months ago, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can definitely mix and match these guys. Uh, I do feel like what you're saying as far as them having a Batista and Lesnar having a second match. Yeah, I mean that would that would be a SummerSlam type match. I could definitely see that. 
almost like Batista's just taking Triple H's place. Right. Um, and in the meantime, I looked up uh, their history together. Uh, only four matches. Twice in OVW when they were, you know, not really well known in 2001. Right. And then they had a, t- a match where they tagged together on Raw in early 2002 when Batista was still known as Leviathan. <laughs> right. And then the only other time they fought was a Raw in February of 2003 where Lesnar defeated Batista, and that's it. Wow. Never, ever cross paths. 11 now, years in the making. Yeah, now granted, you know, Lesnar didn't really wrestle a whole lot. I mean, most guys he doesn't have a long list with. Right. But those two in particular, I mean, he was right towards the bottom. Batista of uh, Lesnar's list of opponents. Big Show, he's fought 58 times. Kurt Angle, 42. Cena, 32. Undertaker, 32. You know, and Batista's a big name, but he's way down the list. So that would be something fresh. Yeah, and, and I think I think anything that had happened on Raw where Lesnar said, you know, no one's going to stop me. And then Mark Henry comes out, and they get a couple of jabs in on each other, and then Lesnar essentially destroys Mark Henry. Um, yeah. I, for my opinion, that's just going to be something that they did, um, something that they'll probably continue once or twice between now and the Rumble. And uh, they'll take care of some stuff in the Rumble. And uh, maybe leading up to Elimination Chamber, Mark Henry will, will, uh, will lose out on the opportunity, and they'll move on. Because I don't, I don't see them taking a feud between Lesnar and Mark Henry you know, all the way to WrestleMania. I thought when you first started saying that, I thought you were going for the idea that Mark Henry is, is an example of a big, strong guy that can't hang with Lesnar. Uh, which would naturally lead to Batista being the next guy to step up to the plate. Um, or maybe a Ryback in the meantime. Right. You could you could potentially have Lesnar do these one-offs where he F5s a big guy like that and just shows you that he's unstoppable. And then yeah. Batista's the guy that ultimately steps to the plate and wants to fight him at WrestleMania. Yeah, and what I was saying with Mark Henry was essentially that's as long as I could see it going. I could see a case where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's Mark Henry wrong. doesn't step up to Brock Lesnar again at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so right now we're leaning towards Batista Lesnar, so that's four matches that we've come up with. Undertaker versus John Cena for the streak. Uh, Orton versus CM Punk for the WWE World Heavyweight title. Not the Undisputed. Uh, right. Or the Unified, I think, was what everybody voted for. Yeah. And... Uh, We've got Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan and Batista versus Lesnar. So that's four very strong matches. Now we've got a few titles uh, that we want to talk about. In particular, uh, the U.S. title hasn't been defended at the last few WrestleManias. Uh, the IC wasn't defended at last year's, but it was at WrestleMania 28. And right now we've seen some teases about unification. There was an article on WWE.com where they interviewed both Big E and Dean Ambrose, the current title holders, uh, about their ideas of unification, whether they think it should happen. And they both kind of stayed in character, you know, saying that they deserve it and whatever. But the fact that they even bothered to have an article shows you they might be thinking about it. Uh, And I think uh, most people wouldn't mind seeing these two be the guys to do it. You know, Ambrose has been... Pretty strong U.S. title holder. You know, he hasn't defended a whole lot recently, but he did quite a bit initially. Uh, and Big E is really being pushed hard, you know, coming in to save Cena and, you know, closing out Raw. So uh, are we thinking we're gonna, they're going to be able to keep the titles on these guys and have the unification match at WrestleMania? Oh, absolutely. I think in Big E you've got a guy who is extremely physically imposing, um, He's got a look that just screams, you know, don't mess with this dude. You know, he looks badass. And for as much as that doesn't necessarily mean much um, to Smarks, I have some friends who just watch casually. When they see a guy like Batista 
or Sheamus or Triple H, guys that are just huge, guys that are physically imposing, guys like Big E, they're like, that dude is legit. And not only does he look the part, he's got some decent moves, and everyone who I know who has watched NXT says Big E is good on the mic. He's got some good shtick. He can cut a decent promo. So it's not like Lesnar where the guy is, you know, ape shit in the ring. He just goes wild and destroys everything, but he can't talk a lick on the mic. Big E's got some skills. And Dean Ambrose has better skills than uh, than Big E on the mic. So I think you've got a perfect opportunity there. 99% of the roster. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, and it's funny with Big E, I was... Yeah, I was watching a lot of the WWE videos that they put on YouTube. They uh, they interviewed uh, three or four guys backstage after Raw, asking what they thought about the the Wyatts and Daniel Bryan. And Big E said something, and then like the last thing he says right before he walks away, he's like, "And I guess uh, Mama Wyatt has another beard to come." <laughs> and just walked away. Nice. Uh, so yeah, he's got some good one-liners. He does a lot of little videos on his Twitter. Um, he can definitely talk if they give him a shot. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you about the casual fan. Um, I mean, I remember personally the first time I saw him, uh, I tuned into NXT, and, and he came out, and I was just like, my God, look at that dude. Right. I mean, his his pecs are like a set of implants. Right. They're, just, they're ridiculous. So, yeah, he'll the casual viewer, you know, the person that tunes into Raw once a month at best, uh, sees Big E and, and thinks this guy's somebody to be reckoned with. So yeah, he's he's. I like the fact that he's got the belt now. The one thing that worries me about making this prediction, and I'm you know I do see these two guys having a big match at some point, is that I'm kind of feeling like they're going to have it before WrestleMania. I mean, they already showed that they're willing to unify the big belts before WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, who's to say they don't just throw this on the Royal Rumble card? Yeah, or or Elimination Chamber, because yeah. I don't see either one of those guys being in the Elimination Chamber. So if we think they're going to unify, are they going to unify before WrestleMania 30? I mean, you know, they've shown that they weren't going to wait for the, uh, the John Cena-Randy Orton unification match for WrestleMania. So what's yep. to say that they wait for this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, if I had to, like, put money down, I'd probably bet on Royal Rumble because they'd like to have, you know, what, three or four matches aside from the main? Yeah. And right now we've only heard of the WWE title match being on the card, so they're still going to make at least two more matches, if not three. Right. But I, I, think, I think you still want a little more build-up leading up to the idea that they're going to unify. Um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if they did it at Royal Rumble. I think if they're going to do it before WrestleMania, I think Elimination Chamber is your time. But if you do it at Elimination Chamber, I think that messes up uh, something that I would do for the tag titles because uh, I, think, I think there's a direction I would go uh, with things with the Shield based on how this all plays out. Um, yeah, so let's get into that. Uh, the the Broads, the Brotherhood, whatever people are calling them, Gold Dust and Cody Rhodes, they have the belts. They've had them for a little bit. Um, question is, are they going to carry them to WrestleMania? Uh, we've been leaning towards thinking that's going to happen. Uh, but what are your what are your thoughts on that tag division? There's plenty of strong teams, but I think. In terms of superstar uh, power, you know, in terms of um, what these what these guys bring to the ring, I think the Shield are not only a great tag team, not only are they a huge asset to the division. Over the past year, they've been booked really strongly in terms of superstars, not just tag teams. So I think you have to do something with them. And if you're doing something with Dean Ambrose in a mid-card title unification, 
I feel like you have to put the shield in a match against Cody and Goldust. That's yeah. That's, I mean, that's not necessarily the direction I would go because I see a couple other tag teams in the division that uh, I like better, and I like some better options with the shield. But in terms of the way I think they would go, I don't know that they're going to go for the split just yet. And so I think you have to take your strongest tag team and try and get them back into the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've certainly ramped up the teasing of the breakup. Uh, when CM Punk wanted to pick an opponent, he said he wanted to face the best. Dean Ambrose is like, oh, you want to do this again? And he's like, no, nah, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Roman Reigns. And uh, and then Seth Rollins just kind of grabs the mic and steps up. So yeah, I mean they've been they've been teasing the crack, but I agree. I mean they're just too strong. Um, and for a show like WrestleMania, you know you want to put your best foot forward. Um, I can't see a grudge match among Shield members being really worthy of WrestleMania. I mean I know all three of them are excellent performers and really the top rookies in the business. Uh, but, you know, the the none of them really had the fan support yet, I think, to have a one-on-one or, or a triple threat among the three of them. So I like the idea of keeping them together if we can and getting them into that title shot with the, the Rhodes family. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't have them beat the Rhodes family at the pay-per-view. Um, but I would want them in there. And I would want that to be a uh, a key moment in the uh, eventual breakup of at least Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I think yeah. it's debatable as to whether or not Seth Rollins stays with Dean Ambrose long term, or even you know through the entirety of 2014. But I think I think it's pretty evident that Roman Reigns is the one that's likely to be split off as a face because the fans are already chanting for him. Um, so I think I think this could be a, a good way to give the fans a good moment with the Rhodes family, the Rhodes or the Brotherhood, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Get them a good win and, uh, and have a WrestleMania moment for he and Goldust. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That'd be a very nice feel-good moment, um, which they finally got. You know, I guess it was at Battleground, but doing it on WrestleMania would be cr- pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so we've got just a handful of other items to get to. Uh, we think it's likely they're going to have a Diva match, Diva title match, uh, hopefully a, a title match rather than some sort of eight-on-eight. Um, or they could bring back Maria Menounos. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they've had AJ defend on just about every pay-per-view um, against the likes of Caitlyn, um, Natty, Brie Bella. So, uh, you know, and I think I think the uh, Total Divas will be filming, so they're going to have something. And right now, Nikki Bella seems like the choice. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, especially with... Uh... <clears throat> Her association with John Cena and the fact that she's been gone for a while and Total Divas, I feel like at this point somebody backstage is going to be pulling for Nikki Bella. And I feel like, you know, give her a shot. You've already seen what Brie Bella can do. Brie Bella's talented. She's only going to get better with her association with Daniel Bryan. She's going to learn more about the business. Um, But I think this is the point where you put Nikki Bella in at WrestleMania, and you see whether uh, you know long term she's worth sticking around, and maybe you put the belt on her, maybe you don't, but yeah. it's at least a uh, a different match than what you've had with you know AJ's yeah, other think, opponents. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, you know the belt twins are obviously getting a lot of <clears throat> attention, and Nikki was hurt for a bit. Uh, Bree got a couple shots, so I'm assuming they just give Nikki the shot now. Um, as you can tell, we're real excited about that. Now, <laughs> uh, we do feel, and that's seven matches that we threw out there, we do feel that 
there's going to be at least three more matches. Um, and, you know, one of the ones that's a big discussion point or one of the potential wrestlers that's going to return, we know he's got some sort of contract with the WWE. We have no idea what it entails, whether it's just appearances, promos, whether he's going to actually wrestle, uh, although it's been a long time, is Hulk Hogan, Mr. WrestleMania himself, before Shawn Michaels got that name. Um, it makes sense that he's going to be at WrestleMania 30. Uh, you just kind of don't even have WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. He basically built it. Um so, you know, the big question is, what do we see him doing? Yeah, and I think one of the options would be that he could be a special guest referee, but uh, if we're talking about him in terms of mobility, you made a good point earlier. Sometimes the referee moves around more than some of the wrestlers do, especially if you're talking a tag match. And WWE has some, some strong tag teams, they have one in particular that uh, I feel like Hulk Hogan could be uh, in the opposite corner from, and it would make a lot of sense, especially given that uh, his theme song in WWF all those years was uh, Real American. Yeah. So I think one of the things that we talked about is that uh, the best spot for him would be in a tag match. Yeah, I agree. Um, because yeah, really the refs the refs move around. They don't just sit there stationary. You got to be able to move. And uh, yeah, I don't really see him doing that. And and just the idea of Hulk Hogan being a ref just doesn't work in my head for some reason. Um, I, of course, technically it shouldn't work to see Steve Austin do it based on his personality, and he's done it a million times. But we saw him do that during his career, so it's not a shock anymore. Um, so with Hogan, it doesn't feel right, but a tag match, sure, why not? You know, and you could see, you could see a situation where the real Americans are cutting a promo, uh, on a random raw and, uh, Hogan shows up and says, you're not real Americans, you know, and cuts some sort of patriotic promo on them. And, uh, they challenge him to pick a partner and, uh, fight them at WrestleMania. You know, I think one of the one of the difficult parts we had with this match wasn't wasn't the fact that Hulk Hogan should be in a tag match. It wasn't really the fact that it should be against the real Americans. It was who do you team up with Hulk Hogan? I mean, at this point, we've already kind of looked down the roster at uh, you know who we would book where, um, and you need somebody with a certain certain gravitas to them, a certain fan following, a certain um, ability to uh, to run a match. Um, and there's really just three names at this point that, uh, that we came up with that we thought would work to tag up with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and there's a few different criteria we wanted, as you already mentioned, and one of those was that you kind of don't want anyone that takes away from the uh, presence of Hulk Hogan physically. He's always one of the bigger guys, um, you know. Which of course makes the real Americans being the opponent kind of not fit that. But anyway, uh, somebody like the Big Show is a well beloved guy that you could see being patriotic. Um, but I think we both thought, eh, you know, he's, he kind of would dwarf Hogan and, right. you know, you don't really want that visual and he, and right. he can't, he can't work as much as, as maybe some of the other options. Right. And, and, you know, Jack Swagger and Antonio Cesaro, they're strong guys. They're strapping young men, right? I mean, they're going to physically look huge. You know, they've got strong arms, you know. They don't have to stand next to Hogan in terms of just standing stationary. I mean, you're going to be moving around when when you're fighting, and uh, but whoever Hogan's partner is going to be, you know, you're going to have a lot of two shots of them. So you don't want a guy who is going to make Hogan look small, 
And of course, he's six foot seven, three hundred some pounds, so he's not going to look small. But you don't want a guy who just physically makes him look old or you know, not as strong as the twenty-four inch pythons would lead you to believe. So I think the two guys that we uh, that we picked kind of match that criteria pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just as you were talking, I'm, I'm imagining in my head. I mean, I still could see the big show being the option that they want to go with, just because he does get some feel-good pops, and he would be a perfect guy for the Cesaro swing. Uh, we're probably going to see that if they're in a WrestleMania match. And the the two certainly have history together. I mean, Big yeah. Show debuted in WCW as the Giant, and his first target was Hulk Hogan. So right. there's that. Yeah, and then I could see a situation where Hogan, uh, after giving the boot or something, and Big Show standing around, like directing him to do the leg drop, and that would get a big pop from the crowd. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. I could still see Big Show being the choice, but for our our preferences, we don't like that. Uh so the other two that we came up with that I think are highly debatable and interchangeable are RVD and Dolph Ziggler. Two guys that are very well-liked, um, both red-blooded Americans, um, which we thought was kind of important because you don't necessarily see, if we're going with the patriotic angle, you don't see someone like uh, Chris Jericho really fitting the bill. Right. Or, uh, you know, who were the other ones that we had? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Ry Ryback doesn't. Seamus, Seamus was one of the ones we tossed around. Reasons. Yep, Seamus. Yeah. So, RVD and Ziggler are both good options. Um, I don't really see, you know, I see Ziggler obviously would. I think he put on a good show as he always does. But, you know, I think the writing's on the wall with him. Uh, I don't know if things are going to change anytime soon as far as his involvement. And uh, so to me, RVD is is a much more logical choice. You know, when he when he comes back, they want to put him in a real match. They're not going to put him on a pre-show. Right. And RVD pretty well pretty well respected. I mean, a lot of people consider him a spot monkey or whatever. But he's the type of guy where you know, a few years back, maybe it was a decade ago. I can't can't recall exactly what year it was. Um, they came out with a game called Legends of Wrestling. And RVD was in it. I mean, he was the only guy who hadn't been on a WrestleMania who was in a game called Legends of Wrestling. Mm. And not a lot of people complained. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain aura that uh, surrounds RVD like a like a cloud. You know, I mean, he's he uh, he's this higher than life figure. Like uh, you know? like like Prince on the Chappelle Show. Uh, maybe he had this so. aura. Yeah. Um. Did you say he's never been in a WrestleMania match? No, well, he was in he was in Legends of Wrestling, the video game, before he'd ever been oh, in a WrestleMania match. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he makes a lot of sense. He could carry the match for Hogan. Um, you know, and all we really need to see from Hogan is a big boot and a leg drop. Yep. So, you'll get massive pops and... Uh, Everybody will be happy. Yep. All right. So from there, we've just got kind of a couple other little matches. We'll just throw out there now and not really say anything about them. Uh, we're thinking maybe some of the extra guys that are left over could be thrown into something. Maybe you get a four-on-four four on four with uh, primetime players, Xavier Woods and R-Truth, against uh, some of the heels that don't really have anywhere to go, like Wade Barrett, Brodus Clay... Uh, Alberto Del Rio and Damian Sandow. They all have kind of various interactions with the guys on the other side there. So a four-on-four, some sort of large match like that, you know, that's a staple of WrestleMania. I could see them doing that. Um, and then uh, Fandango, you know, feels like he's probably going to get some sort of match. You know, his pushes continued to be occurring. You know, he had a really good match for the IC with Big E on uh, Raw. So uh, that sets up perfectly for Fandango versus Ziggler on the pre-show, right? Yep, because <laughs> you uh, you want to have something exciting. You want to have something that people want to see. And yet you want to take guys that WWE doesn't want to uh, invest in a uh, pay-per-view match for. 
So you want to uh, have Dolph Ziggler sell some tickets for you. All right. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, we got some of these right. Now we also have before we get out of here, uh, just a few guys, uh, a few legends um, that we could easily see making an appearance. Uh, the level of involvement remains to be seen. I'll just list them off here. We've got Triple H, we got HPK, we've got Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Stone Cold, and Vince. Now, out of those six, who would you think is most likely to have a match? I would have to say it would have to be Triple H, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I think out of all those guys, Triple H was the last guy to have a match. Um, I really liked the possibility for Triple H and Shawn Michaels to get together for a tag match, but when it came down to trying to figure out what that would be, it just didn't really work out for me. Um, yeah. I and I really, like, you know, I know a lot of people um, are calling for things like that, for like Triple H and Shawn Michaels to have a match against each other since they never really did. Um, or for Stone Cold to have a match with CM Punk. I think in the case of HBK and Stone Cold, I just don't see either guy ever wrestling again. I think they walked away with a purpose. Both of them had some injury history, and they I think that both of them have, you know, an amazingly solid uh, library of work. They just don't have any need to walk back. I mean, they're G'd up. Yeah, I think you could, at this point, you could have a money match between Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan. Certainly, uh, you've had some interaction between the two the past couple months. Um, you've got Daniel Bryan going heel. Uh, Shawn Michaels, despite his um, work with uh, Triple H, would still be considered a face. And yet, I really, you know, even though it sets up perfectly for it, I just I don't see specifically the reason to have it. And like you said, I think Shawn Michaels is probably content doing what he's doing. Uh, there's no indication that he's necessarily in, you know, Mr. WrestleMania type of shape. And having your last WrestleMania match be in a losing effort to Undertaker in a match of the year caliber match, that's probably a pretty good way to go out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, I think that's... Uh... I think that's the thought process that both he and Austin had. You know, Michaels wanted to go out to the right guy. He did it with Undertaker, and Austin wanted to go out to the right guy, and he did it with The Rock. Um, you know, there's. It's always fun to speculate, and I mean, I think anyone would mark out like crazy if either of those guys got back from the ring. It just doesn't seem likely. Right. Um, and yeah, and you know, the other guys on the list there, McFoley, pretty much no chance he ever wrestles again. Um, Ric Flair, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but, you know, he had such a big ceremonious retirement, it'd be hard to see WWF letting him wrestle, or WWE letting him wrestle again, even though he already did in TNA. Right. But even and then Vince. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, how many years ago was it that Vince tore both of his quads just trying to get in the ring? <laughs> I don't think at this point Vince needs to be wrestling. Yeah. I think currently Vince's last match was that kind of street fight thingy against CM Punk like a year ago. Yeah, it's, it's probably the way he needs to go out. Maybe it's not the way he would want to. Maybe, it, you know, if he could write himself a better ending, he would. But I don't think he can at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is a business. I mean... They might charge 60 or 70 bucks for this on pay-per-view. They might sell out the uh, the stadium there in New Jersey. But at the end of the day, you still have to figure out how much money you're going to make off of this. And if you start paying Ric Flair, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, plus all the performers, you don't get a lot of uh, profit off of that. Yeah. Well, they probably still will, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's a lot of outlay. You're certainly cutting into it. Yeah, you know. yeah. It's going to be quite a show. 
Superdome. Never had it there, surprisingly enough. You know, it's one of the major venues in the country. All right. So that's our list. Um, run it down real quick again. Undertaker versus John Cena. Orton versus CM Punk for the title. Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Batista versus Lesnar. Big E versus Ambrose. Uh, the, the Brother Rhodes versus The Shield. AJ versus Nikki Bella. Hogan and RVD against the Real Americans. Fandango and Ziggler on the pre-show. And, uh, you know, a mess of faces and heels and some other big match. We'll figure out what happens with that. I think I'd buy that. The only thing that would stop me, as I mentioned earlier, is if Eva Marie gets the title shot. <laughs> yeah. And I might just stream it. I would probably still tune in either way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's certainly... It would certainly shape up to be a good card, in my opinion. Um, Bo close the show. Uh, great question. I think it's safe to say that it would not be Orton versus Punk. I think, given John Cena's uh, ability to force his way into that spot and Undertaker's penchant for having great matches at WrestleMania, I think you have to... Uh, you have to see that as the uh, final match of the evening. you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hard to make a case for Fandango and Ziggler, so... Yeah. I was thinking Sheamus... No, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, part of me hopes that some of the more old-school traditions they've been trying to bring back might lead a guy like Triple H to make the title match the final match, but especially since he might be involved in it. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick now, I'd probably bet on Undertaker Cena being the final match. Yeah. All righty, well, that's, uh, that's our first episode of the new year. Ran a little long, but, uh, you know, we missed a couple weeks there, so hopefully we'll get back on track in the lead-up to Royal Rumble. Yep. Got a couple of interesting shows coming up for you uh next couple weeks we're going to have uh, some of our normal shows where we talk about what happened on the shows and you know, pay-per-view previews um, I have a couple of good things in mind for Royal Rumble because that's my favorite pay-per-view of the year and uh, we've also got a couple of things in mind that we briefly touched on uh, in the last show that we had some, some secondary type of shows that we had to talk about you know, speculation on you know, what guys will be big this year, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but get more information for you on those uh, as they come. <clears throat> All right. Get at us at uh, GN Wrestling on Twitter or the Guys Nation Wrestling Facebook page. Yep. Until next time, see you.